Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. That group in there wants to win as bad as anybody in the state, as bad as we do, as bad as anybody does. And I think you could see it by the effort. I just talked to them about we're not playing smart. Even with the woes that we're having at running the football and and protecting him, we had a chance to win the game if we play smart. I really wish I could. I wish I could explain how you have zero last week and you come back and have six false starts. I wish I could explain it, but I can't. But we're going to damn sure continue to work on getting it fixed. Well, that was a tough one. On Saturday night, it was tough because it was one of those games where Arkansas could have won. It was a one-possession game. It was one of those coulda, shoulda, woulda type Saturday nights. It was a very competitive football game. Arkansas did play hard, but too many mistakes to win the game. The inability to run the football cost Arkansas again. And as we begin the new week on the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, there remains work to do. Arkansas is 2-4. and four. Alabama's coming up on Saturday. Then it flips. You got some home games and maybe an opportunity to make up some ground. But it was frustrating again on Saturday night. The defense, I thought, played terrific. I thought they played a great ball game Saturday night. Their game plan was very well thought out, very well executed. There were frustrations on offense again. But probably the brightest spot of the night came from the offensive side of the ball. RPO, they dump it in the flat. It's caught by Washington. Touchdown, Arkansas. Fifth catch of the drive for Washington. That one gets Arkansas into the end zone, and the Razorbacks strike first. So happy for him. I took him aside just right before I walked in here and told him how proud I was of him. And, you know, seven catches for two touchdowns. I mean, you know, he never griped, never complained. You know, he was playing behind Luke, and then he came in and had that type of game. I, I believe he blocked well, too. That's certainly going to do something well for his confidence and our confidence in him. I'm going to be honest, I just kept grinding. Coming out of from last year and coming into this year, Luke's a hell of a player, and he came in and did his thing, but just waited my opportunity, and then it finally came, and so now I had to step up to the plate. I mean, who saw that coming? I mean, five catches on the opening drive, including one for a touchdown, seven receptions on the night, two touchdown receptions, and this is a guy who had not caught a pass since the Liberty Bowl last December when he caught a touchdown pass against Kansas. You know, the thing that he said there, you know, move on from the highlight and what Pittman had to say about him, but what Ty Washington said there from last year to this year, I think his quote was, Luke has is a hell of a player. And I guess that was the issue. You know, when you look at the way has played until he was injured, I mean, how was anybody going to beat him out? But as he said, He was ready to play when his opportunity came up. He he went on to talk about kind of how he approached things during the time that he was not playing. And I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here, but he talked about 
um, an approach that Tom Brady said he took early in his career, that each day at practice there were going to be two plays that he perfected. He was going to run them over and over and over again until they were perfect. And then he was going to expand beyond that. And Washington talked about how for him there were about five that he wanted to run perfectly over and over and over again. Those are the mental reps. That's what you do when you're not playing. And it's hard to do. You know, guys and every player that gets put into a spot where they replace a star who's injured says, you know, I got to be ready to step up. But the reality is being ready to step up is doing all the things he was doing when he wasn't getting to play. So give him credit for that. And give the coaches credit for continuing to work with him and not giving up on him and making him understand that, you know, you are an eyelash away from being out there. And he was, and he played, and he was ready. And that does bode well for the final six games of the season. It doesn't make what happened Saturday night in the grand scheme of things any easier to swallow. And I understand that. But it was nice to see him have a great night. And it does, I think, uh, bode well for not only the remainder of this season, but for his career beyond that. I remember when he came in. This guy's 6'4", 247. He's out of Leesburg, Georgia. I mean, he passes the eye test. I remember the first time I saw him, I thought, man, that guy looks like a football player. But it takes a while. And now's his time. And he'll have an opportunity to make it really competitive next year. Coach Pittman talked about the way he blocked. That may be the key to staying on the field. You know, if you've got a pass-catching tight end among the group they've got, when you look ahead to next year, it's going to be Has. He's going to be your pass-catching tight end. So for Washington to continue to get to play, he's going to have to perfect the other parts of the position. So I was just encouraged overall by the way he played. And when you look at the role that tight ends play in good offenses in football now, college and pro, when you've got a guy like that who's big, uh, who can make plays like that, gives you an opportunity to be a whole lot better. All right, that does not gloss over the fact that There continue to be struggles. Arkansas can't run the football, and that's the bottom line. This was Sam Pittman postgame. Offensively, we've got to find a way to run the football. Until we do that, we're putting way too much pressure on our quarterback, our offensive line to protect during those times, our wideouts to get open. Hard to win a game when you can't run the football. We've got to figure out a way to do it. Obviously, we're trying, but what we're doing is is not working. we got to figure that part of it out. We can't. The way we're built, we can't win games not, not having success rushing the football hey they had it going early you know they had it going they scored on that first drive but even then the coaches saw some things that maybe we didn't see sam Pittman had another interesting comment about that post game first drive we'll go down and score but we really didn't block a whole lot of guys we had a lot of guys coming through untouched uh, the movement was bothering us especially at center in the second quarter uh, we decided to put Bo back at center, maybe help that. And then at halftime, I decided just to go back to where we were the first five games to see if we'd be better. I'll have to watch the tape to see if we got any better or not with that combination of guys. That's what went into the decision. We, we could not handle the run-throughs and the movement. 
they were too quick for us. So I thought maybe if we move Bo back in the middle, maybe maybe that would calm some things down. You know, I got to looking at the roster and the spotting boards on Friday and began to realize that these five guys are probably going to have to play every play because Devin Manuel had not practiced during the week. He was apparently not going to be available. That was becoming apparent. And Tykees Crawford took a blow of some sort late in the week, and he wasn't available to play either. So all of a sudden, you look at the guys that are listed on the two deep, and you've got Josh Street, Amari Wiggins. He's left, and I guess Marion Harris. Those are the guys that are on your two deep. And so it became pretty apparent these guys were going to have to play the whole game. And I wondered at the time, would Kudus at setter last the entire ball game? You know, we wondered last week how would he fare in terms of snapping the ball. You know, we wondered because that's the simple part. I mean, it's easy to see. Either snap it well or you don't. But the movement uh, was what was giving him issues. And so they moved Limmer back to the center spot. And then ultimately they ended up going with the way they'd played the first five ball games. And the bottom line is none of it worked well enough. Arkansas averaged 1.2 yards per carry. Now, sacks figure into your rushing total in college football, so it's skewed a little bit. But if you take the stats out of the equation, the 33 yards of loss in sacks, um, you know, you've still got an average rush of just a little over two and a half. So they're going to have to get a lot better in that area, and I'm not saying anything that anybody else has not said for several weeks now. What I hope... And this is really what I believe about this group. I believe there is going to be a point where they begin to put it together. Uh, If you were with us last week, I I talked about how, you know, when Enos was here in 15, it really wasn't until the second half of the season that they got it going. They had a string of home games. This this year's schedule shapes up kind of like that. Now, I realize there's a lot of wishful thinking involved in that, and I freely acknowledge that. But I do think there's going to be a point this year where they put it together. What I hope is that there's still something to salvage. I don't know what's going to happen Saturday. I don't think Alabama's unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. I think you can turn them over. I think Arkansas has to turn them over. You know, when you look at the way the defense played, and I'm going to get to that a little bit later in the podcast here, but when you look at the way the defense is playing – Uh, They were really solid, I thought, on Saturday night. The thing that they were not able to do was force turnovers. At the end of the night, it was 7-0 in points off turnovers, 7-0 in favor of Ole Miss. And it, of course, was a seven-point ball game. When your margin for error on offense is so slim, which it is for Arkansas right now, you've got to force turnovers. And then you've got to score off of them, touchdowns off of them when you have a short field. So... I think that's going to be important Saturday, important going the rest of the way. I don't think that Alabama's a team that you look at and say, we can't turn them over, um, although I do think they've gotten a lot better in that regard. But um, you just got to keep fighting, and I know that is not any consolation for anyone today, but I just kind of think that's where they are. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. All right, I'm going to pause for just a moment and talk to those of you who are buying or selling a home. And I'm going to brag on White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company, for a minute. If you've not heard, and if I've not told you, 
For the second straight year, they've been voted the top Weikert franchise in America. And there are a lot of Weikert uh, franchises in the United States. And we've got the best one in the country right in our own backyard, Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. I discovered that when I partnered with them first to buy a home and then to sell a home and then to buy and sell and do it all over again. And what I've discovered in each and every transaction is they really are the best trained in the business. And that's what gets you from contract to close, ultimately. You're going to have the most knowledgeable representative on your side of the table, whether you're a buyer or a seller. And that's important. That's important, particularly right now. And that's the reason that Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, in my opinion, is the spot you ought to go when it comes time to buy or sell a home. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're in Branson now. And you can always log on to WeikerGriffin.com. Well, Chuck, it's good to hear you, man. Yeah, good to <laughs> talk good to you, Joe. <laughs> it's always good to hear you, boys. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Seven for eight in the field goal department so far this year. This would be the longest of his Razorback career. Everybody set. It's a good snap. The hold is down. The kick is up. The kick has got the distance, and it is good! Cam Little with a career-long 56-yard field goal, and the Razorbacks are still in the fight. Cam Little. I mean, uh, holy cow, 56 yards. You could tell. And I realize our vantage points at the side, but you could tell about a third of the way, you know, a third of the way at, from the from the foot to the goalpost, that it was going to have the distance, and there was a pretty good chance it was going to be good. I mean, it just had that look. He's really good, and he's going to have an opportunity to kick professionally, I think, when it's all said and done at Arkansas. And you don't want him kicking too many field goals. Sometimes we've gotten into that. But, man, 56 yards, that was impressive. All right, let's talk about the defense. Ole Miss played a great football game against LSU, and a lot of people, myself included, wondered how the Razorback defense would hold up. Well, they held up and then some. This was the head coach postgame. I thought it was fantastic. His call on fourth and two got us the ball with the opportunity to score a touchdown down there inside their 40 was big. I thought our kids really bought into what they were selling. You know, Ole Miss had as good a football game offensively as you can have a week ago. If we do a little bit more on offense, we certainly would have been able to continue to do that. We changed up a little bit defensively, trying to get the ball back a little bit. But I think they had a great game plan and they executed it very well. When I kind of size up things as a whole right now for this Razorback team, I think the defense, and we've seen this the last couple of games, they're going to have to keep them in it. You know, neither Texas A&M nor Ole Miss ran wild. You know, there was every reason to believe that Ole Miss might put 40 points on the board this past Saturday night, and there was every reason to believe Arkansas might need to match them to have a chance to win. 
As it turned out, 28 points would have won the game. The defense was very good. And I think the defense is just going to have to continue to be that way. And back to the point about turnovers. You know, it's a big load or a big burden to put on a defense to say, man, not only do you have to, you know, you got to keep them out of the end zone. Offense may not put you in the best field position, but we need you to force some turnovers so we can have a short field, maybe score off of them. And if you want to bring it all the way back for a touchdown, that'd be okay too. That's a burden to put on that side of the ball, but I just really think that's where they are right now. Um, If they're going to beat Alabama, they're going to have to play a great defensive game. They're going to have to confuse Milrow. They're going to have to intercept passes. Uh, Things like that are going to have to happen. That's part of the recipe for an upset. Uh, Turnovers and points off of them are a big part of it. Uh, If they can do that, if they can do that, uh, they'll have an opportunity uh, not just this Saturday but some of the other ball games. That's a big if, and I, again, freely acknowledge that. There's just not much margin for error at all when you look at the big picture on this. Uh, but you're you're going to have to find a way to score with your defense. And, again, that's a really big burden to put on that side of the ball. Hey, I know a lot of you were watching not only the Razorback game but other games over the course of the college football weekend and the NFL as well. I'm talking about the Bet Saracen app. It is Vegas, Arkansas style. How'd you do over the weekend? Lots of games out there. Still another one tonight. And we'll be doing it all over again by the time we get to the end of the week. Now, I know there are a lot of national betting apps out there. But I know there are laws in Arkansas that keep a lot of these national betting apps from operating in our state. So, if you're going to be the most informed and if you're going to have the most fun, you really do need to download the Bet Saracen app. You'll find out why it is Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. They've got a how-to-play video. They'll get you ready to roll with the Bet Saracen app. I want to mention one thing before we go. The Razorback volleyball team, they are in the midst of a 13-match winning streak. They beat Mizzou in four sets yesterday. They've got two home matches coming up this weekend. They play Ole Miss at Barnhill on Friday night, and then they play Alabama at Barnhill on Sunday afternoon. Whatever they're doing, they're doing it right, need to keep doing it. Congratulations to them. All right, I know we didn't change anything today. I know we talked about it a lot, and we'll continue to do that. Coming up midweek, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about Alabama. I think Nick Saban is really enjoying himself as a football coach this year. He doesn't have as much talent, maybe, as he does some years, but I think there's evidence that perhaps he's enjoying himself as much as he has in a long time. We'll talk some more about that on Wednesday. Hope you have a great week. Until Wednesday, thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. Go to hitthatline.com or search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and share. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.